Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Gray Bun, and I am 11 years old. You're listening to Free on the Inside. My Papa, Diggy Joe Lewis. Hello, welcome once again to our weekly internet program. You listen to an internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be. Make a difference in the life of someone. As you log on to this program, you'll see a slogan that says, Help Change a Life. You know, we can't do anything apart from God. But if you join your faith in with other programs and other organizations, it helps change the life. Help change someone's life. You know, our program is set up towards our young men and women that's at risk. Uh, we are part of a, a, a ministry called Granny's Place. Granny Place is a nonprofit organization that's reaching out to uh, to reach the, uh, to make a difference in the life of our young men and women. We do jail ministry. We do uh, uh, a prison ministry. We do street ministry. And we also encourage you to be involved in the life of a young man or uh, woman. Now, I'm excited this morning. We have a great guest on this morning. I met this young man uh, when I was over at a center, and he has some things that are very dear to his heart. He wants to come on and he wants to share some things with you to make a difference in your life and in the community in which you are part of. And now the next voice you'll hear will be Edward Jones. Good morning, Edwards. Good morning, Mr. Edwards. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Will you tell Thank us about you. your program and the, and the difference it makes in the community? Well, first I want to give honor to God, first of all, for allowing me an opportunity to be on your show this morning. And I want to thank him for allowing me to have sound mind and for the listeners. Keep us all in prayer because street ministry and jail ministry is a ministry of its own. And it takes a special talented person like yourself, brother, to reach out for people, to help them to make a difference and to make a change in their life. And when I first met you, usually I kind of put people off on hold a little bit. But your score and your spirit was so serious, and I can tell you were sincere about helping people. I've been waiting on this call to have this opportunity. I want to say thank well, you. God bless you. Thank you. Okay. And um, to what we were going to talk about is going to be a variety of things. And they, first of all, our community is plagued with HIV and AIDS, the lack of knowledge, and also a number of misinformation. We do not want to have any misinformation shared in our community. I first met you in West Dallas Community Center. We were doing a program called Hip Hop HIV. We do it yearly. This is our sixth year we've just done in Dallas-Fort Worth area. And that is a program where we offer free HIV testing, also STD testing for no money. In return, We'll give the youth or the adults a hip-hop ticket for testing for a concert that you could not pay for. 
The only way you could get this ticket was for to test and to receive your results. This year we had set our goal at uh, five thousand and went over to it went a little above six thousand. And a majority of the people you'd be surprised, brother, only wanted to know their status. We do the same thing like you do. We go into the streets in the areas where people need the message. Your message is God. Our message is awareness. And God made his people aware. And then he has servants like yourself and myself. We take the message to the people. Knowing your status is very important here, especially deep in the South. If you don't mind, I want to share a couple of stats. We talk no, about right here. Oh, thank you very much. Here in the southern region of the United States, which accounts only for 37% of the population. It accounts approximately 50% of the new found cases for HIV and AIDS. And if we look at that, we're 43% of the people living with HIV reside in the South. And we have eight states that have the highest death rate for HIV for a population of over 100,000 people. What we have to do is look at this issue. We've tried radio. We've tried um, just talking to them and counseling. But we've got to take it to the street, and we're going to have to ask the church for help. You'll never be able to reduce the numbers without including the church. A lot of people say, well, the church is not ready. I don't believe that. I believe if you educate the church properly and the people in the church like those who have ministries like yours, you got to take the message to the streets of the people. And the people in turn take their message home. And when we say free, talking about, you have, we had discussed this issue. What happens to a person if a person tests positive just like the event we just finished? We have what you call linkage to care. Linkage to care means immediately you're hooked up. I'll use the street term, hooked up because I'm sure some of my brothers are listening, to care. Care means a doctor's appointment, where to go to see somebody to get help. Medication, if you have no money, your medication is free because there's programs and agencies in the city of Dallas and Fort Worth that does that. Take, for instance, like AHF, which is one of my contracts I have. These people, when I say these people, this agency is the largest in the world. They're in 22 foreign countries, 16 states. Texas, they see a need for Texas. You have other agencies, even like the Dallas County Health Department. You take care of the STDs, and they also test for HIV. And these agencies have a concern that the people immediately get into care. Take, for instance, if you test and not into care, and there's no one showing any interest in you, what's going to happen? You're going to end up continuing to have unprotected sex if you don't know. Or if you're given the knowledge that you're in, or positive. Some people still don't care because nobody follow up with it. So we have a real intense follow-up program. We have an awareness program. We also have free condemnation. I'm a part of condemnation also is owned by the same people. I just, matter of fact, just got him back home two days ago after 11 days going out, passing out condoms in different neighborhoods I've done. We did Houston for a couple of days. We just left Marshall, Texas, from Wiley College, the first SBCU we've done in Texas. And those children were very, 
aggressive about getting the free condoms for those who were sexually active. We're going back October 5th back to their campus. And that's a traditionally black college, and it's also a Christian university under the United Methodist Church. So, therefore, we have to begin to look at the facts. Times have changed. Rules have changed. Children have changed. Some of them are raised themselves would be surprised. And those who were raised with orders, once they leave home, who knows what your kid may do. So we ask that you be open-minded. And if you need free condoms, you need free HIV testing, if you need awareness, I'm willing to collaborate with anybody, work with any church, any individual, school, private home, whatever you need. There is no cost for the service that we have available for you and the service that we offer for the community. We're working on a community request form right now where the Ryan White, Ryan White Act is the act that provides funding for people who are HIV positive and don't have the funds to take care of themselves. Right now under the um, new act, Healthcare, we're asking that the Ryan White Act of reauthorization in 2013 be extended or reauthorized. If we looked at the numbers I gave you before, if they take any percentage away from us of the funding for these jobs, or for especially for Texas, which is my major concern, a lot of people will be hurt for the agencies who provide the services for the people. And then, if you take funding away, just look up under the Medicaid Medicare Act you will find that there is a problem that's real small print. We're not asking for new money. We're not, all we ask for is put the money back that's already here available that's been set aside. A lot of times when you don't speak of the money or move somewhere else, and you never know what happened to us because our people are not giving the full facts sometimes. And that is so mm-hmm. true. That is so true. Now, now, have you had an opportunity to get some numbers together for the uh, Dallas County area, where the uh, the A's, uh, uh, where A's may be higher in one part of town than the other. Do you have that numbers available? Well, let me share this with you. I can give you a couple of zip codes that are floating zip codes. They kind of like exchange with each other. Highest yes. number of HIV newfound cases are in 75243 and 75216. Those are two highest numbers. Then you go to 752. Oh, okay. Now, now you know when you was talking off air about the longevity of a of a person that's been diagnosed with AIDS. Now, that's one of the stigma that it was almost like a death sentence. But you were sharing with me uh, some uh, things that uh, I think our listeners would be interested to know about. Would you please uh, follow up on that? Sure, I don't have a problem at all. There is a situation, I would say, a stigma in our community that when a person has HIV. That person's going to die from HIV. That's not so. 75% of the people die from other conditions such as diabetes, heart conditions, um, hypertension when you're on obesity now. You have um, issues that are just common issues like a person who's not HIV positive that they die from. HIV is not a death sentence. I know of of several people who lived over 25 years now that I've met, 
I have one for sure I keep in mind, 29 years. And if you see this person, you say, oh, that person has HIV. Live a normal life, work every day just like everybody else, go and come, but follows the scripts of the doctor. Okay? Now, when, let me make something clear. HIV is the author of AIDS if you don't take care of yourself. Okay. Now, if you take care of yourself, your death certificate is not going to say died of AIDS unless your condition has no other factors. They call it opportunistic infections. You may die of pneumonia. You may die, just like I said, a straight heart attack or a stroke. But it all depends on how well you take care of yourself. Uh, now, tell me something. You know, uh, we uh, know about AIDS from uh, many years ago with the Rock Hudson, the first time I was introduced with it. Now, have the mindset of people changed over the years? Because now the younger generation, they're growing up already aware of people with AIDS as, as they were younger. But now, since they're coming into the younger adults, so we're saying that, the, that they're eager to, are uh, more susceptible to taking tests than the older people. Or what is the stigma on that? Do you Have you ever noticed the difference between the younger versus the older one that's inclined to be tested and following up on that's why I work daily with daily on awareness and education. Awareness is real important because when you don't know, you're still stuck in the 80s. Okay, the same. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this kind of like in a joking matter. You see some people who still wear Jerry curls, who are guys. Yeah. Okay. You have some people who still have that same mindset when it comes to believing that they drink or set shake hands or breathe around someone who's HIV positive or either AIDS positive, that they're going to become infected. Testing now has become so moderate and technology has increased a great deal. At that time, it took two or three weeks to learn if you were HIV positive or not. Well, AIDS Healthcare Foundation has introduced a test in Texas, and they do it in Los Angeles, overseas, and a lot of the foreign countries. It's called the INSTE. The INSTE is a one-minute test. I can tell you if you're positive within one minute. So I'm getting a drop of blood, the same as if you were a diabetic. Our diabetic checks their blood every day. It's just a fingerprint. Oh, is it? Yes, sir. Uh, now you, uh, let's come along. You, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about because I was a, a part of a, a, a few years ago where we did some AIDS testing and awareness with another group out of North Texas College, and they were doing the uh, mouth swab, you know, where they were actually brushing like a brush yes, teeth or something. Uh, now, yes, how long have that, are they still implementing that, that test procedure? Uh, do, yeah, do they, when they get another one, they cancel some out? What happened is there are some agencies and some groups that still use the mouth swap, which is the 20 minutes to get the results, and that's what they're still using. This happened to be the newest technology that's been introduced in the last six months here. We used to do a hip-hop for HIV. This program we just finished doing, this campaign, we used the INSTE. That is... Very important because you'll never have to leave your counselor. Whoever's testing you at that point, you get your answer right there. You don't have to step out of the room for 15, 20 minutes and almost have a stroke or a heart attack. Stay right there. And when you do leave there, you're already connected with services who you need to see within 48 hours. 
And that happens to be one of the best things because the younger generation, you know, they're more instant than we are. Yeah. They want to push the button for everything. And we've got some older people who are on the technology tip, too. Push your button. I need an answer right now. I'm in a hurry. We're in a very hurry society to where that two week, three weeks getting results. A lot of people forgot to call back or moved around, had ideas that they were positive and just left the community and went underground. Here in the Dallas area, there's over 6,000 people out of care. When I say out of care, it means they're not taking medication, they're not reporting back to the doctor after being told that they were HIV positive. That's why cannabis became so important to be introduced to the communities. And there is no charge. If you see us sitting up and saying condemnations or a condom giveaway, somebody get the condoms. They're free. We don't need your name. We're not going to put you on air. We need you to have them in your community fresh condoms. Just got a shipment. You know, go right here. Uh, uh, go right. You know what? If you were saying that, I remember a few years ago when I when I was with this group, they were doing the AIDS testing. We dropped a, uh, a box load of condoms off at a church in, Oak, in South Dallas, and people were saying, "Man, this church getting condoms, but they're in the mecca. They're in the midst of AIDS epidemic at that time, and they wanted to make sure that even though." Uh, they might not have, uh, you know, been church members, but they had the ability, you know, they had the resources they needed. So I think you, what you're doing, you're talking about hitting, uh, being, having the churches involved, is a very powerful thing now. And, you know, and I went over that curve too, and I couldn't believe it because I was just a new Christian in Christ Jesus. But the pastor said, "Yes, we need these things here until they come to the full knowledge of God. We want them to be protected." Exactly, and, and believe it or not, it's even needed more so now because look at how many people just don't care no more. Yeah, yeah you, go yeah, you go online. You go online and find somebody to sleep with, and you don't even have to know their name or nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I tell you what, I, I want to ask you one more question. Then we're gonna open the lines sure. up. Our calling number is three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. Again, that number is three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six. One other question I want to ask you: After uh, someone has been tested, the results come back negative, and that, uh, based on your knowledge and your experience, how often do a person need to follow up, provided that they're not living a crazy lifestyle, or even if they're living a crazy? What do y'all suggest to say? Okay, you got to wait this time, come back x x number of times. So, is there is there a follow up? I never hear about following up. Now, this is a good teaching moment for me and for you orders to learn. The test you take today, even if it's the NC, the mild swab, whatever you take on the quick test, that's not going to cover what happened the last 60 days. Okay. Want me to repeat that? That's not going to cover what happened the last 60 days. So my personal recommendation, along with the Senate, the Senate CDC, with the Center of Disease and Control, take another test in three months. If you test today, so this is September, so October, November, December, take you another test in December. Then in December, I want you to take you one more in February. I'm just putting a double measure on it. Okay, good, sometimes good. I you Sometimes you're... Genetics is strong enough that your immune system don't fall as fast as other people. So, therefore, you know for sure after after three months, then another three months, and another three months, then you go six months in test. 
me, along with some of my colleagues, say that's a formula to know for sure that you have not been infected. Now, you got to make sure that you're protected from the time that you take your test. Because any time that you are act of sex is unprotected, it's time for you to take a test within the next 40 to 60 days. That is good to know. And, you know, uh, uh, this, oh, man, this is great. I'm, I'm going to have to have you to be a guest on here at a later date because there's so many questions that our audience need to be aware of. And we're going to open up the phone line so we have our co-hosts on the, on the line. He may want to ask you a question. But uh, after he uh, come on, and I'm going to come back with you, and then we're going to wrap this up. But I want to ask you one other question regarding our conversation. Yes, sir. Good morning, Mr. Daniel. You're on the net. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. I mean, we're having a great conversation here with uh, Edward Jones here. Oh, yeah, Mr. Jones. How you doing, Mr. Jones? I'm doing great, sir. How about yourself? I'm all right. You got uh, a question for us this morning? Yeah. Uh, well, you said something about uh, testing. Yes, sir. Now, we also want to know about when will when will the, the government basically try to have these uh, clinical trials? Now, I know, um, you know, in, when uh, when the epidemic first started up, they had a, a one over there in North Dallas. And they was, you know, giving all these drugs out to the, you know, they would, you know, they had these, you know, people coming over there, and they was, you know, had it in in their specific neighborhoods. But, you know, as far as putting a clinic in a black neighborhood, you never seen anybody doing anything like that because you're saying that they didn't have the money or the the the, the, the support from certain people in order to have this this uh, clinic put over here to test these drugs that basically uh, uh, curtail the, the 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 growth of, of the virus in, in your system, person like like Magic Johnson has, you know, you know, he had the, the funds and the money in order to get this these drugs in order to slow the virus down in his body, you know. Let me try to see if I can address. You got about four questions in one. When the when the epidemic or when the virus is first discovered, they use what they call AZT, which is very, which is very very strong toxic medication that the body was resistant because the liver itself would fail because of the medication being so strong. So as time went on, when they began to research, if every medication has to be designed according to the individual group of genetics. Take, for instance, people who are 24 to 35, their medication is going to be different for the same condition for somebody who's 50 years old and above or younger. So they have one medication when it first started, and they was giving it to everybody and the majority of the people, blacks, white, Hispanic, who were positive, who was taking that medication, the liver wouldn't hold up for. 
Now, mm-hmm. when we so it would fall and it would break down, there would be the condition liver failure. So as time mm-hmm. has gone on, these studies has increased. The science has become very, very sharp to learn through trial and error. As of today, the pills have gone down for some people for one pill a day. As to the 17, 18 cocktails, three and four times a day. And mm-hmm. people are surviving. And we talk about magic, the company that I contract with, which we're talking about now, are the people who took care of magic and take care of magic now. Undetectable. There were people who were undetectable before magic. Undetectable means you have the virus, but it's not detected because in one centimeter of blood, it's less than 50 copies. That's what that means. But you still are a carrier of HIV. You still should wear protection. Okay? There are common people who take the same medication. They follow the same regimen. They follow their diets. They go to sleep. They stop drinking. They stop doing drugs and let the body uh, work with its meds. Because you have some people, man, I've actually seen myself, who figure they can take the HIV medication, still smoke crack, drink a little syrup, smoke cigarettes, and have them a shot of crown, and they're going to be okay. No, they're not. No, they're not. They say, well, I have to have an escape. Go sleep. Exercise. Read about something. That gives you some of the rest of mind. Because some people are stressed out. Not only with HIV, you have people who have cancer, man. They stress, just stressed out. Stress will kill you faster than anything. Much faster mm-hmm. than condition. Mm-hmm. Mr. Daniel, that was, a, that was a great question. Now, we're going to put you on hold and get back, Mr. Edward, because our time is okay. uh, winding down. We have another guest that's coming on. But, Mr. Edward, yes, thank you very much, brother. I, man, you know what? I was blessed by what you were sharing with us, and I know our listening audience has been impacted by what you had to say. Now, give us some contact numbers where people say, I, I want to get tested. I want to be aware. I want to be able to make a difference in my community. Well, also, I'd like to offer to your entire radio community and to yourself. Uh, I'd like to see if your station, you and your station, your group, and your missionary people who work with you, we can put up on a, an awareness education event, and everybody is welcome whenever you get ready. Give me a call, if, and we can plan this, okay? Because we need some community ambassadors. And I would like for Mr. Daniels, who's on the other phone, to become one of the community ambassadors for his community. I'm sending an invitation. My email is edjonesii at yahoo.com. E-D-J-O-N-E-S-I-I at Y-A-H-O-O dot C-O-M. And oh, thank that's you great. so much. Now, Ed, before we let you go, now, uh, share with our audience to the best of your ability in the shortest time we have if, uh, why it's important to follow up on this here particular procedure in your life here. Because sometimes you say, well, I, I want to know at the last minute. I don't want to know. Uh, you know, a young person comes to you and you trying, you're telling them the importance it is. Share with our audience how important it is to have a test. I had a test one, and I was scared to death, man. But after I got the results, and, uh, you know, and I was okay, but I didn't do a follow-up, and I regret that, so... But share what I share what I listen to. It's important it is to knowing, uh, knowing your status. 
knowing your status. I'm going to repeat it again. Knowing your status as early as possible can allow you to live an uninterrupted life where you continue to go to work, continue to look the same, continue to feel good. A lot of people have HIV and don't even know it. So if you become infected or learn that you are, take your meds and live a normal life. Oh, that's great. That's great. Man, thank you. Hey, I tell you what, I'd like you to be a guest on our program at a later date, and we're going to follow up on what you uh, what you offered us about being an activist in our community and our neighborhood, man, to make a difference. Because I believe that we have been put here on earth, man, to help change someone's life through, uh, through the, uh, the grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, man. Help change your life. I love that. I love that. And- Remember, Ryan White reauthorization. If you run into anybody that asks you to sign the request, please do, because you may never know. It may be you. You need the help in the future. Great. Let me, before, you let, let, before you go, I know y'all do a lot of age awareness. At, are you uh, going to be stationed at any place here in Dallas within the next uh, 15 days or so? Uh, actually, today I will be in... The soda, but we'll be doing an event there with the um, with Congressman Eddie Denise Johnson Health Community Appreciation Day. We'll be there at the DeSoto Civic Center today. Um, Great. I tell you what, if you allow me, I will go through our dates and things since we're booked practically every day. I just got home. I don't know my schedule for next week. I won't know until tomorrow. It's kind of sad, but I'm just taking a light break so I can get back and get rejuvenated so I can help my city. Okay. No, no, that's okay. I just wanted to know if you had something off hand because we want want, uh, the information to be relevant and and I will get a listening audience to act on it right now, but you gave us enough information and you gave us a contact email address. And so... Uh, if anyone want to follow up, and I will show it archives, Ed, so you can always go back and listen to this program at a later date and share it with your family and friends. And we'll do the same thing. We'll post it because we realize that a lot of times people don't listen to it right then, but maybe down the line they'll listen to this program and they'll be want, and they'll want to get involved. Again, our campaign right now, we passed your file for HIV, the Ryan White Reauthorization Act. All right. Take care. Thank Thank you, God. God bless you. Thank you very much. And we'll be talking later. Amen. God bless you. Oh, man, what a a great interview that we had. And as he was sharing with us about the HIV, being an activist, and that's, you know, that's something that we had to take very seriously and had to be minded of in our community there. You know, drugs is running rampant, uh, you know, uh, crime is running rapid, and also dreadful diseases are. And we thank God for having ministry and people that's on the forefront to try to make a difference. They're willing to stand out and say, hey, you can be more than a conqueror in this. You can get ahead of this dreadful disease. You, it don't have to be the end of you. Because how often have we heard of people that say, I got AIDS, and then I'm just going to take everybody down with me. If I'm going to die, I'm going to kill everybody else. But guess what? You ain't got to die. You ain't got to die. Oh man, that's a, oh that's powerful. I tell you what, we got to bring Ed back on here again, Mister Edward Jones the second. We got to bring him back on to uh, give us some clarity on on uh, on that situation and how you too can be involved in changing life for someone. Our next guest is on the line here. We ready to bring them on? Good morning, Michael. Uh, good morning, Joel. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Thank you, brother. We got a little caught up with our first guest, man, but everything went well, man. Did you hear, did you get a chance to hear a part of that interview? Uh, yes, I did. And uh, yeah, I man, and, and, let me and he was giving us some numbers about the AIDS epidemic in various zip codes. You know, they use zip code. They don't call North Dallas South. They say in this particular zip code. And I know right, about right. some of those zip codes, man. And I know the drug is running rampant, the crime is running rampant, and AIDS and other dreadful disease, man. But we thank God to have men and women, man, to stand on the forefront, man, to say, hey, this don't have to be the end of you. You know, no, like our, our program, we want to reach the entire man, the economic and the uh, uh, sociology of the person, and also the health and well-being of a person, brother. And, you know, that's the whole man right there. Help change a life. That's good. Because that's what God intended, for us to have the abundant life, to 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 live fully and enjoy his creation. Yes. You know, Mike, you're no stranger to our program, man. I am very honored to have you over here. You know, I'm just smiling, man, from cheek to cheek, man, because you have a you have a wealth of knowledge, man. And thank you for taking time to share that with our listening audience. Now, today, 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 what do you help our listening audience to, to make an impact in their life to help them change their situation? Well, this morning, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, a problem we have with um, – poverty and uh, the lack of um, nutritious food choices for people south of I-30. You would think that in a country such as ours, with all the wealth and all the resources, that uh, people would have adequate food and children would not go to bed at nighttime hungry and, and lacking uh, meals. But unfortunately, that is the case. And it's really amazing to me as I become more involved in this particular area, the number of people who are addressing this issue. In the last week, I have met about uh, five or six people personally, and then I attended a summit that was held out at the uh, Texas Garden at Fair Park, and it was sponsored by our congresswoman, um, Bernice Johnson. And there were about 39 or more organizations there all concerned with and attempting to address the problem about uh, hunger. It just blew me away that that people don't have access to things such as fresh fruit and fresh vegetables, uh, that people are going um, to, um, to school, children are going to school, families are going to, to sleep at night, hungry and longing for what some of us take are for granted. Now, we are attempting, when I say we, uh, there are several churches and organizations who are currently applying for a grant through the Aetna Foundation. And this grant is aimed at addressing three uh, particular problems, unemployment, uh, education, and healthy, nutritious food choices. And our goals are, are quite simple. We're trying to combat poverty, teach skills and create jobs, grow food to feed people, and inspire individuals and empower communities. The particular uh, project we're working on is called the Garden of Eden. It's an urban community food project. 
And the reason why we chose the Garden of Eden, because it has biblical connotations for us. If you remember, um, Joel, the first place that God created for man to occupy was the Garden of Eden. And in it was all the provisions that was necessary and all of the activities that would challenge man to grow in knowledge, to create, have a sense of accomplishment, and to um, uh, cultivate the things that God had left for us. We feel that if we can convert some of these empty and underused lots and, and green spaces south of I-30, that we can create opportunities for people to grow their own fresh vegetables and fruit, take the excess and form co-ops, which will create jobs, distribute those foods to food pantries and soup kitchens where most of your meal choices are canned goods and dry food, little or no fresh vegetables, uh, which means that people are missing or lacking in certain uh, nutrients. And the educational part is extremely important because we want to involve the schools so that we can expand uh, the opportunities for our children in terms of understanding sustainability, uh, our green choices, um, the resources necessary for green technology, and how to um, uh, improve their health and eliminate some of these health concerns we have, like obesity, uh, hypertension, uh, heart attack. And many of these diseases are not only lifestyle issues, but they're also um, uh, nutrition or lack of nutrition issues. So we think it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for us. And I'm amazed that the people who are, who are getting on board, the number of things that are being done uh, across the country as well as in, in this state. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some people yesterday, and uh, uh, we were joking about the bottom line about gardening, that uh, most of us think of gardening only as a hobby. <laughs> Something uh, to do on the side. Because, see, we're urbanites. You know, we've moved away from uh, the period uh, in, in time and history when we were an agrarian nation, where we were close to the land and we produced the things that we need and, 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 uh, uh, had lifestyles uh, that um, produced healthy and, and vibrant people. So maybe in some ways, instead of thinking about new things, we need to go back to some, some old things. And, and I want to take this opportunity to mention uh, some people in some churches. Like, like okay, go right ahead, man. Go right ahead, brother, because I'm excited about what you have to share with us. Well, there's some gentlemen over at uh, Bear Creek Community Church in Irving who are uh, living examples of, of the kinds of things I'm talking about. They were recently um, awarded, um, or at least acknowledged and given uh, a, um, an award for having one of the better community gardens in the area. Um, they've been able to involve their children, their youth, by having a, a children's garden. Um, they have uh, a, a ministry and and um, a meditation uh, garden, and and it has really involved the community and expanded 
uh, to some of the surrounding suburban areas and has become a model uh, for what can be done. And they are looking at and desiring to, to export that uh, to other communities because see, they, they've developed an expertise and they've cultivated the resources necessary to empower people. So I'm really excited about working with Prairie uh, Creek Community Church. And then you have people like um, Minister and Evangelist uh, Charles and Danielle Wilson, um, who are part of all in the body of Christ, who have a healthy uh, uh, eating program uh, that's uh, healthy cooking in the kitchen with kids. Interesting uh, title, but a very uh, productive program that includes a, a six-week actual on-site, hands-on uh, cooking demonstration to help kids uh, uh, learn how to prepare healthy meals so that we can get them away from all that starch and all that sugar that leads to obesity and diabetes and so forth. And, and just recently, we have a new hospital that opened down in Lancaster, Crescent Hospital. And uh, the Wilsons have been uh, fortunate enough to, to, to work very closely with the administration who has embraced that concept, has designated uh, a large plot or a segment of their hospital grounds to develop a, a urban farm and community garden to provide fresh fruit and vegetables for people south of I-30. So I think that when we talk about, like your ministry, where you are working with people who are disenfranchised, formerly incarcerated individuals and street people, Gardening and urban farming can eventually provide a platform where co-ops are formed, fresh fruit and vegetable stands, which can create jobs and opportunities for people who right now don't have any. So I think it's important that we recognize that, that God has told us where there is no vision, the people perish. We yeah. have to envision uh, new things, and we have to take uh, existing things and look at them with fresh eyes and and identify ways of taking the resources and the the, the, the things that are available to us and to convert them into useful activities and production sites that will benefit communities and give them options that they currently don't have. So oh, that is so true. That is so true. Yeah. What do you think about your own garden, you know. Have you thought about you, 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 possible? You, you know, uh, uh, Mike, that is so true. That is so true. Man, you hit on quite a few points there, man, that kind of make me go, uh, because our young people, they have lost the, um, uh, you know, there's some skill levels that they had, even the basic skills. We learn so much of the technology and stuff. But if you don't know how to farm, if you don't know how to grow produce to take care of yourself, and a lot of our kids don't even know where certain vegetables come from, man. You know, they don't know, you know, where cantaloupes come from, where melons come from, where cabbage come from. And we need to get them reconnected to nature. And that community garden, I have seen some of them, and, and, and it's not as tedious as people may think. You know, a lot of them are on raised platforms about four feet high. And they, uh, you know, they got a, a liner to it, and they got an irrigation system. So you don't have to work hard. But, you know, like people say, oh, I don't want to be tilling the ground, and I don't want to be working with sweat. <laughs> but it's not like that. That's true. That's true. Well, here, here are some of, the, some of the benefits. One, um, 
is that it's, it's a, a cooperative kind of, of a project and activity, which means unlike technology and these iPads and iPods where the individual is, is by himself and you know, searching the uh, Internet and playing video games and so forth, this particular activity, one, is outdoors, so that's healthy because it gives us, our children an opportunity to, to, to benefit from fresh air, sunshine, and sometimes I think we underestimate uh, the power of simple things such as that. Kids don't, don't uh, involve themselves in outdoor activities the way we did when we were coming up. Uh, and so they don't get exercise. Um, and they don't have a sense of, um, of um, capabilities from being challenged by what used to be the normal kinds of activities of childhood and growing up. So there are programs. There's, a, there's an organization called the, the Royal Horticultural Society, and they really have put together a program and ample research to, to show how gardening can become a part of the school system and their curriculum and the benefits that it bestows upon children and the opportunities for vocational training and science projects and so forth. So this grant is small, but it has all the components to, to lay the foundation to set up a system that can evolve over time, and I believe, and so do others, transform communities into vibrant, uh, productive communities where people actually feel empowered and capable to do for themselves. And I want to commend uh, people such as our Congresswoman, uh, Bernice Johnson, who has for many years uh, uh, shown her compassion for uh, impoverished neighborhoods and, and those who are least in the society. She has taken it upon herself to, to use her office as a bully pulpit to, to create awareness and to channel resources uh, back into the Dallas area to, to uh, help programs and individuals um, put together programs such as the one I'm talking about. And, uh, oh, that is so that true. That is so. Yes. That is so true. Mike, I tell you what, we're going to take a moment here. we got a, a, our co-host on the line here. He's going to come in and maybe he might want to ask you a question and give you some kudos for what you're sharing with us. And then we're going to bring you back in and get some more information regarding this community garden and these projects and how other churches can be involved. Okay. Mr. Daniel. Yes. Yes, sir. We got uh, Mike Flemmers on the line. He's talking about the community development uh, and the community garden. Do you have any questions that you'd like to ask about just empowering our community, bro? Okay. He's on the line now. Hey, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you, sir. Uh, what what particular uh, vegetable or fruit or what are, what what's the main fruit you you're growing? Well, we the, the project is aimed at a whole range of vegetables. Over in Irving, Bear Creek Community Church grows a yeah, wide variety. Yeah, right, right. Uh, and there are about six or seven other gardens. Uh, Grand Prairie, the city of Grand Prairie, sponsors about six uh, or seven gardens. And so the issue is to produce uh, tomatoes, uh, carrots, peas, cucumbers, uh, those things that provide the nutrition that many people who need healthy diets and who rely basically on, on um, you know, the soup kitchens 
uh, the uh, food pantries who must, by nature, uh, distribute uh, goods that are not perishable, you know, dry goods, canned goods, and so forth. And, and they provide some substance. But many of the nutrients that we need for healthy growth, and especially our children and the elderly, can only come through fresh fruits and vegetables. So that's what we're doing. And, you know, we don't have uh, uh, very many options uh, south of I-30. You know, the farmer's market, which is downtown, I think there's another market over in the Capel area and one uh, out toward Rockwall. And I think it's a wonderful idea. It, it kind of reminds me of the, the 70s when people in urban cities in the Midwest and the North had the same issue, uh, the, the lack of available vegetables and fruit, and the high cost in the supermarket. So they formed co-ops, and those co-ops then went straight to the farmers in the rural areas and negotiated uh, uh, prices that were substantially lower than what you get in the retails in the cities. And then they would come back and distribute that to uh, the members who were part of the co-ops. They volunteered to, to do the storage. They would uh, lease sites for the uh, storage and distribution of the things. And, and it was a wonderful way for people uh, to not only meet a need, but, but to have a sense of accomplishment and knowing that they can identify a problem and actually, rather than relying on government and, and uh, other social service organizations, solve the problem themselves. Well, you know, some problems don't require new solutions. They simply require us remembering the old solutions that are still viable and useful today. And I think that's what we're looking at now. Amen. Uh, how about, uh, you know, I know like uh, pesticides. Uh, you grow without putting paws and stuff on the, on the, on the uh, resources, right. don't you? Well, that yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a important yeah. thing about, you know, especially when you go in these stores, you really don't know what you're picking on and you don't know what you you taking home to eat. In fact, they had a big, uh, big subject last week about some fruits that you going in the store and you had to make sure you had to wash it because it had some kind of virus or something on it that was hurting people. Right, it's, and you're right. It, it is hard to know um, where your fruits and vegetables are coming from, and in those places where you have some reasonable degree of comfort, like many of our stores and so forth, the prices are so high when you start talking about getting natural or organic food. So I, I, I yeah. think that's why we need to, you know, to, to, to focus on increasing our food security awareness, uh, uh, educating ourselves about sustainable food production methods, and, and increasing access to uh, organic foods, especially for those of us in you know, low-income communities such as in uh, southern Dallas County. And, and I think that uh, it's a doable uh, 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 project solution. It simply requires uh, us committing ourselves and having the will to actually uh, do something that we haven't done for a while. Roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty. <laughs> but um, we got plenty of urban spaces, man. We have so many churches yeah. here, down here in the south uh, of uh, Dallas County that have unused uh, uh, green spaces that can be converted into organic forms where we can also have prayer gardens and involve our youth and, and uh, 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 provide opportunities for 
the neighborhoods where we exist and give people uh, a reason to, 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 to see our church and to, to come to our churches. Because we need not just their spiritual needs, but we can also address the real needs, physical needs that people have. So, you know, we're really excited about this, man. And uh, we got boots on the ground. Oh, that's so true. Uh, 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 Brother Daniel, thank you for the questions here. We uh, got a few more minutes before we end this program. So we would just like uh, Mr. Uh, Fleming to just tell us how we too can get involved in a program like this here and how we too can be uh, uh, be well supported. Because a lot of times we get in programs and we find that there's no support mechanism there for us and we lose heart. And so just sit back there and relax there, Mr. Daniel. Mike is going to give us some information on how we can be involved in this and the support mechanism that comes along with this. Okay. Well, there are several places you can call. One is you can call us at Zion Chapel Economic Development Corporation, and that number is 972-218-9789. And then we can also refer you to several other organizations that are intricately involved in in the, uh, this movement and providing Real options are right now. Um, Baylor University and the Baylor School of Social Work have a major uh, project in conjunction with um, um, Congresswoman Bernice Johnson. It's called the Hunger Initiative. They have a conference coming up, uh, a summit on the 17th of this month. You can go on the Internet and Google uh, the uh, Hunger Initiative. And it will pull that up and identify other links uh, that lead you to resources and organizations and individuals who will be more than happy to not only provide you information but provide you with opportunities to volunteer, to get engaged, and to assist you in doing your own gardening in your own homes in your yard. If you want to do a four-by-four plot area for your own home and your family and your children, They'll help you do that, provide the technical support, uh, and connect you with resources from companies such as Home Depot and Lowe's, who have been wonderful in uh, donating the resources and, and helping to uh, 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 further this project. So give us a call, and then we'll route you to several other uh, organizations, and uh, you can get yourself informed and involved and make a difference not only in your lives, but in the lives of other people in your community and in your church life. Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, what a beautiful interview that Mike. Man, thank you very much for being a guest on the program. I tell you what, we're looking forward to having you to come back. Maybe in a month's time, if you if it's, uh, if you can put it in your schedule, we want to talk about uh, being empowered, economic empowerment, man, because I know that you're very uh, key on, on uh, for the neighborhood and the community to be empowered, you know. To, uh, keep our wealth here. A lot of times we get money and we send it at other places across town. But how do we keep our wealth in the neighborhood? Amen. And just a little tidbit. You know, uh, the, the uh, African-American community spend over $800 billion a year. And if we were a nation, we would be the 10th largest nation uh, 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 economically uh, in the world. But yet we save less than 1%. We are consumers and not producers. And over 70% of our people retire in poverty. And we need to, to address that. We need to educate ourselves. So I'm looking forward to it, Joe. God bless okay. you. Uh, you're doing a wonderful thing um, by informing the community and making them aware of 
all the resources and organizations that are involved in what God is doing in our lives and in our community. Oh, thank you very much. I look forward to talking with you again in 30 days and give us a follow-up on what's going on and keep us informed and in, in how we, too, can be involved in changing the life, and not only our life, but the life of our community also. Be blessed, my brother. Oh, God bless you. Oh, what a great interview that we had. That was Michael Flanner, amen. And, and then we got the, we have Mr. Daniels on the line here. Mr. Daniels. Yeah. Hey, man, thanks for hanging in there with us, man. We had quite a... Man, we have some great guests on this morning. Yeah, I've been listening, man. I've mostly been listening. I'm kind of in awe about the first guest because that's a it's a real serious issue with uh, AIDS awareness often, you know, in our community and the nation, and we really all over the world, you know. You know, you know what? Sometimes man, it surprised me to see people still getting pregnant. Cause I remember when AIDS came out, like you can't go have no unprotected sex, but you look around and people are still getting pregnant. You know, so something just ain't gonna change. But it's the awareness, Ricky. Yeah, right. you know, in fact, man. you know, you know, we had a we had a little deal last week, man, with that guy, man. He was, you know, assaulting women, man. You know, he doing something like that too, man, and you know, leaving DNA everywhere, man. You know. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah, so right. And we don't know if he had a dreadful disease, the women don't know, and he got to be tested. And, and got. And that's why I asked our guest man about following up, because sometimes we say, I've been tested, I'm, I'm okay, but now there's a follow-up procedure. There's, there's an awareness that goes along with that. So, man, you know what, it's good to have people on here like that, man, because sometimes we yeah. get so caught up in other things, man, that, and just the basics, man. We, we're not taking care of the basics. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I guess it come on talking about the community garden, man. And that is something like, Rick, I think it's going to really pick up next year, man. I think that's going to really take off, man, where people are going to be aware of, hey, let's try to take matters in our own hand. Let's grow our own food. Let's grow our own crop. Oh, because you we know, got, you know the land. We got the resource. You know, the thing is, man, you know, you have you been in the store lately, man, and, and basically see what your dollar brings you home. Yeah. You know. You come well, I went down to Farmer's Market a couple of weeks ago. I'm talking about going to these top name stores too, Joe. You know, uh, yeah. Man, I come home, man. I got spend eighty dollars, man. I got four sacks in my hand, man. I said, God, <laughs> you know what's yeah. happening, but, man? What's happening? I mean, you mean my dollar seems not to bring me in. Three days later, I'm going right back again. Yeah, you're so yeah. right. And, man, if you could grow this stuff yourself and, and can it and know how to preserve it, man, you know, and, and you know, you could store yourself for the winter and you ain't got to. And you know what? I was watching the uh, BE, uh, not BT, but uh, Soul Train last night, and I was amazed on how slender we used to be back in those days, man. Cause <laughs> we wasn't no, it wasn't no McDonald's. It wasn't no Burger King. And we would eat vegetables and stuff, man. And I said, man, it, it, it wasn't very seldom any obese people was on there, man. And that's the way we was, man. Yeah. We had a, a nice physique about ourselves, man, because the yeah, other things came time, in the neighborhood. Big, big Louis, one time, I, you know, my, my kids, man, when they would come around me, the teens and stuff, I took them to South Dallas, man, and they asked me, they said, Daddy, why so many fat folks in South Dallas? I said, well, I don't know, man. And I started thinking, man, you know, that's when they were getting these food stamps, and, you know, them going to the store, man, buying all these food and all this, uh, this pork and candy and sugar stuff, you know, you're yeah. getting a lot of food, but you eating, but you're not eating right. 
Yeah, yeah, you want to eat that, okay. uh, and that's what uh, our guest was talking about, getting the healthy nutrition, man. And he talking about even in the schools, man, teaching our young people how to do the right thing. Brother Daniel, we're going to get out of here, brother. Well, thank you very much for being a guest. Looking forward to you being on the program next week, man, and, and uh, we're going to open the lines up, and we're just going to talk a little bit, man. We're going to bring some guests in, but we're also going to engage our guests on some things that's going to make a difference in the life of our community. Help change a life, being free on the inside. All right. Free on the inside. Yes, sir. Free on the inside. And you have a poem for us next week? Yeah, I have a poem for you next week. All right. Well, God bless you. We're going yeah. to get on out of here. And thank you very much. And have a great day. All right. See you next week. Heavenly Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Dear Lord, we thank you for the program this morning. We thank you for our two guests that came on, dear Lord. Uh, AIDS activist, dear Lord. Uh, Mr. Edward Jones II, dear Lord. How he's making a difference through his program, through his ministry, dear Lord, to make an impact in the life of the community, to let people be aware of what's going on, and that there's some help, dear Lord. But we know that help comes from you. Dear Lord, we ask you to strengthen them, uh, encourage them and his program and the people that work with him, and give him the resources he needs at such a time as this. The Lord, we lift up Brother uh, Michael Flemings to you, the Lord. He's talking about community garden, the Lord. There's a great need for that. I think, the Lord, that that's going to take off in the upcoming year, the Lord, because you call us, the Lord, to make a difference. Allow what he's doing to make an impact in the lives of men and women in which they hear, and they be eager to participate in these things. The Lord, we thank you for our guests that came on. Just to hear the program, we pray that something was said through the Word, through the word of God, the Lord, that encouraged them, that empowered them, the Lord, to know that there is some help. From finances or health to uh, education, there is some help, skills and levels or whatever it may be, dear Lord, that they're not in this by themselves. We, th- we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.